Welcome in. If you haven't seen this movie, you probably shouldn't be here, but with that said, let's review Drive. Spoilers, obviously. Directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. This movie came out in 2011. It stars Ryan Gosling as the driver. Carrie Mulligan as Irene, Brian Cranston as Shannon, Albert Brooks as Bernie Rose, Oscar Isaac as Standard, and Ron Perlman plays Nino. Alright, so my first viewing of this movie, I did turn it off, but I also wasn't ready to receive this kind of filmmaking. Then in film school, when my sense of what's good and bad in film started to recalibrate itself, Movies like Drive became a lot more appealing to me and even desired, like I sought these movies out like Drive. I went through the whole director's catalog. Starting when he was 24, he directed his first feature film at 24 in his own native tongue, uh, Danish. We open on Drive with the driver on the phone. He's talking to a new client, we can tell, just before he picks up a, a new car from Shannon, played by who? Brian Cranston, the mechanic. Ryan Gosling's character, he's a movie stunt driver that moonlights as a getaway driver for like robbers and thieves in the city. They have so many seconds between tripping the alarm and when the cops show up, they have to hide in the darkness from the helicopters and like be careful of other cops that might be looking out for them on the street. Driver has it all timed and mapped out so that they pull into the parking garage of a baseball stadium right as the game ends so they can get out of the car and blend in with the crowd. The title sequence is so unique because Driver literally just drives around the city as the credits roll on screen. But the music, the song that's playing, man, it's, it's so good. I'll, I'll talk about the score towards the end of this, but it is one big, big takeaway from this movie. So this is a powerful and immediate introduction into Driver, how skilled, how calculated he is at his job. Then we see more of his personal life, which is lonely and quiet, even on a movie set. He's secluded and he has to wear a mask as he doubles for the actor. Seems like he may just be going through the motions, executing both of his jobs at like this expert level and spending his life doing just those two things. Until he sees his next door neighbor, Irene, out at a grocery store that he decides to step out of his normal routine and kind of catch himself off guard in doing that for for a second helps her with her groceries brings them inside for her she has a young kid who takes a liking to driver and irene seems to like him too but these are two lonely people that have just met and are forming a, a connection or beginning one at least it was important that the director include this scene between the two of them earlier on in the movie to establish Driver's softer, more tender side because of everything that happens later. Shannon represents Driver. Again, Brian Cranston. I know it's a female name, but Shannon. And they find themselves dealing with Bernie Rose, played by Albert Brooks, who is mostly known as a comic or a comedian. He's done a lot of serious acting too, like Taxi Driver. But this, he plays a messed up bad guy. They're asking him for money, and which is risky because clearly this guy is very dangerous. One of his henchmen, played by Ron Perlman, shows up for just a few minutes and, and that he implies that they imply Nino did something to Brian Cranston's character, to his leg. He goes, hey, how's the leg? And Brian Cranston's like, I paid my debts. Showing that he's, he's still loyal to them even despite their discipline. He probably owed them at some point. Driver and Bernie meet and they, they both state that their hands are dirty before they shake hands. You can take that at face value, but it also should be read into with deeper meaning. I'd argue that Driver's hands aren't nearly as dirty as Bernie's hands. 
they set up the potential dramatic threat in the next scene when Irene brings her son over to the mechanic, meaning that Irene and her son are now involved in the world in the vicinity that Driver and Shannon are involved in with Bernie. It's tender, but it's like, oh, oh, this could be a problem. Driver takes them on a field trip in this montage. They spend the whole day together. It's a heartwarming sequence that ends with this brief and very simple dialogue scene where uh, uh, Driver and Sh <clears throat> Driver and Irene can't help but smile at each other in between the lines that they're saying. There's these long pauses where they just stare. They just look at each other, just smiling before they say the next line. They even hold hands that weekend. And me saying all of this doesn't really do it justice as to how it's shown. The romance that's blossoming between the two of them is given such uniquely specific attention. Bernie shows up at the mechanic and he reminds Driver how much money they have invested in him to succeed at whatever they've hired him for. Driver is a man of few words, so when he does use words, he uses them to great effect. He doesn't waste time just rambling, over-explaining. He keeps it simple. So he takes Bernie's, each of Bernie's words, he takes to heart. We see Driver come to the conclusion that he really doesn't like this guy because of the words that he's using. And there might even be a threat involved somewhere in there. Like the outcome of this working relationship could be bad. That's, that's what I read on Driver's face. Speaking of intensifying drama and increasing tensions, standard Oscar Isaac's character is out of prison now. He and his wife or girlfriend, Irene, I'm not, I, I didn't see any rings, so. Probably not married, but they have a kid together. So this is dramatic irony because Irene is kind of falling in love with Driver. We now have two problems for our protagonist to overcome. There are two antagonists on the rise that they could one day face. Irene's face says it all when she's looking at Standard, giving that speech, he's giving that speech at that party and she's just, it's just regret. How do I get out of this on her face? That's what I read. She escapes the party by talking to Driver outside in the hallway. Standard finds them and confronts Driver, even though everything he's saying is not outright aggressive or confrontational. He's civil the whole time, but his voice indicates that he's not okay with Driver's presence in Irene's life at all. He makes that point very clear without saying anything outright. <laughs> Man! When Driver is at the diner and some dude who I think is a past client comes up to him and wants to talk about like this new job, <laughs> Driver, Driver, Driver just says, shut your mouth or I'll kick your teeth in and do it for you. And the camera just holds on his face for like 30 seconds as he stares at the guy. <laughs> this has an effect on me that most other movies don't when a character threatens another character. They're, they're usually empty threats. <laughs> this threat made by Driver is 100% believable that he would back it up without breaking a sweat. He finds Standard beat up and attacked, so he, he inquires about it. It turns out that Standard is involved with people who want him to do a job, and he's declining. Instead of asking any further questions about that situation, Driver goes outside and he asks the kid, Are you okay? Do you need water? And he finds that one of the men who attacked Standard gave his son a bullet. Handed his son a bullet as a message. These people are obviously coming back to attack and it hurt the family even more. Standard and Irene, they have Driver over for dinner. He's kind of there to protect them, I think. And Standard starts telling the kid how he and Irene met. He tells that story. 
which is totally an underhanded statement because he's really, he, instead of telling the kid, he's actually telling Driver. And then even at the end, just to put a button on it, he says to Driver, it was the best day of my life. Which is a guilt trip because Driver would literally have to come to terms with being a homewrecker if he was actually going to pursue Irene. He makes a deal with the people that Standard is dealing with. Says that they'll uh, pull off they'll pull off the job that they want done in exchange for the freedom that all debts are paid and complete after this job is done. This would be all in well if the job had gone according to plan, but it doesn't. Some vehicle pulls in right beside Driver, and actually chases them when they go to escape because the owner has a gun and shoots Standard and kills him. This had to have been a setup, but from who? Driver can't figure it out. They thought they were getting 40 grand and they got a million dollars. That's in the, this duffel bag. And the pawn shop owner isn't re reporting it. The news is not reporting money stolen, which is very worrying because it's a million bucks. Blanche, the only one that's left over from the from the heist gone wrong, she says that she was part of a play and that was going to backstab Double Cross and rip them off. Driver didn't know any of this. And they are very quickly visited by two men who kill Blanche right then and there, and those two men die at the hands of Driver. All of the action is played out super slow motion and it's beautiful. I haven't seen this heavily used slow motion action seen since the 1970s Hulk series. Driver now has the new name of his target and also the man who was trying to take him out for stealing his money. They call him the cook and he's about to make his last meal. Oh yeah, scroll. Nino is revealed to be a, a part of this who is played by Ron Perlman's character. Ron Perlman is playing the character. He is the one who set this whole robbery in motion to steal from the pawn shop, who was holding it as a payment. It's a whole convoluted plot. It, not convoluted, but just complicated. Oh. Driver just wants to make an exchange with Nino. He does not want the money or any of the trouble that comes with it. But instead of just agreeing to that, like Nino does, Nino additionally sends guys to attack Driver, creating even more chaos in Driver's life when he just wants out of this trouble. It's turning into the spider web that he doesn't want to be involved with. Luckily, Driver's accompanying Irene in the elevator when one of those thugs does show up. Unassumingly, he's not, he doesn't show up all aggressive, but Driver knows he's bad news. All he has to see is the gun. Pushes Irene back into the corner of the elevator, lays this super passionate kiss on her, and then just beats the ever-living life out of the bad guy. Stomps his head in. It's so gruesome. Irene just steps out of the elevator as the elevator doors just shut. She can't even begin to process what she just saw. Shannon had inadvertently talked about Irene to Bernie. That's why he knows Driver now recognizes that all of them are in trouble. They will all be sought out. They have to run. And we see how relentless these guys will be when Bernie starts killing everybody that knows about this robbery that Nino started. He's cleaning up this mess and he goes, Nino, you're gonna clean after me now. And he just brutally murders this, this henchman, showing us what this dude is capable of. Then Bernie visits Shannon and he kills him in a way that they thought would be fitting for the type of man that Bernie is. He's a man that shakes your hand and slashes your wrist with the other hand, which is exactly what he does to Shannon. In order to kill him, he shakes his hand, slashes it, because we see his box of perfectly ordered and expensive knives or razors that he has. I love that they didn't know how Bernie was gonna do it, but then Brian Cranston came up with the wrist idea. 
and they expanded on it even more by showing the collection that he has and that this is his main method, his go-to. Now Driver's officially pissed off because he, he finds Shannon slumped over, you know, lifeless. He starts on his rampage to end these bad guys. He takes out Nino in such a such a cool way. It's not even a car chase. Driver's literally just stalking their car with his lights off and he rams them, sends them over a cliff and he just finishes him on the beach in the in the ocean. Bernie says to Driver on the phone, listen, it's just me, you and your girlfriend as players left. Are you sure you want to continue playing this game? The two of them meet and they make an agreement. Bernie double crosses him. Right when he hands over the money, he just stabs him in the stomach. The stomach and in an open wide parking lot. That's not the smartest idea. So Driver just takes the knife out and puts it in his neck, <laughs> which would be a lot more efficient. So he has this wound and at the end, we just see him sitting in the car with his eyes and he's not blinking and you're like, is he dead? Then he finally moves, and you're like, oh, okay. And he drives off, just leaving Bernie and the money laying there in the parking lot. He wants to be free of the criminal life, and he seeks out Irene to start a new life together with her. That's the end of this movie. Dude, man, what a ride. Every shot is like a painting in this movie. No shot is wasted, and it's so often complemented by the slow motion. The musical score is reminiscent of the 1980s, but with like this modern techno feel to it, and it serves the movie in so many ways. Again, I was not ready for this movie when I first watched it. Then my second viewing was a completely different experience. Like nothing I saw the first time was even present the second viewing, which is indicative that I needed to grow in my filmmaking to understand that this movie is pure art. <laughs> On paper, it reads like every action movie that's come before it, but put together and no style can compare to what Nicholas Winding Refn did with this film. Hugh Jackman was originally supposed to play the driver, which would have changed the movie for me. That would have made it very different, especially with Prisoners coming out just a year after, or a couple years. And there are, uh, there's some parallels that can be drawn in, in the characters there being like a very powerful alpha male that will do anything to protect his, anybody that's close to him, which for Driver, it was not that many people. And I love the opening chase scene because the whole chase scene happens from inside the car. You're just in there with them in their perspective, not like the street POV, the helicopter POV, it's all the car. Yeah, I remember having a lot of friends that were like, my favorite movie is Drive, you know, after it came out and I was, I never, I didn't get it. But then I watched it responsibly, and I completely understand the hype that surrounds it. It is such a brilliant movie. Thank you guys for watching this. This has been my review, my retrospective. Thank you. Peace.